Welcome to Living Water Radio. Today we're going to talk about our inner lives and how we can use this time in the pandemic to develop them. We'll start by looking at the Gospel of Luke. Luke is in the New Testament, about four-fifths of the way through your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, California. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and San Dimas, California for over 40 years. I worked a variety of blue-collar summer jobs in college and seminary, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands through college and seminary, and the little beyond, and was a competitive master's swimmer on a team before the pandemic. Today, doing gardening and landscape maintenance is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We're at a point now in the coronavirus pandemic where, based on studies in China and Europe, children may only be one-third as susceptible to the virus as adults, but their immune system may or may not react to it in a way that causes a disease. We have also started to learn that there are long-term consequences of the coronavirus having to do with heart and kidney issues, and who knows what else will come. We are also finding out that, as with both of these things, there's a lot we don't know. How does a person get four negative tests and then come down with the coronavirus? Why do some people who are exposed to the coronavirus come down with a light case or heavy case, or nothing at all, under identical circumstances? Does the virus mutate, or can people get the same virus twice? Is it okay to reopen, and under what circumstances? We're also referring to the virus as C-19. I guess that's its nickname. I don't know if this virus should have a nickname. Too cute. The sludge or the grim may be more appropriate, and maybe that would make people take it more seriously. Meanwhile, as places gradually open up to a new normal, safer-at-home restrictions may continue for some time. And when we go out, it will be to a different world than the one we remember from not very long ago. I saw a meme some time ago that said, to put things in perspective for those of us feeling a bit stir-crazy already, Anne Frank and seven other people hid in a 450-square-foot attic for 761 days, quietly trying to remain undiscovered to stay alive. We can all do our part to keep everyone safe, and spend a few weeks at home. So we've been at home for more than a few weeks now, but have a long way to go to reach 761 days. Home will be at least our base camp and for some our exclusive residence for a while. Even those who are not older or who don't have underlying health conditions will be working from home most if not all of the time. We are isolated, but then as Sally observed, Jesus went off by himself a lot. As Luke writes in chapter 5, verses, verse 15, But now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases, but he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. 
We have a long Christian tradition of isolation for reconnection with God and the work God would have us do. We have a long tradition of going away to focus and connect. We have a long monastic history, some more severe than others. Some of us remember Bible camp in our youth or retreats as adults. For some of us, life on the inside refers to literally being in prison. Are we experiencing our isolation as a prison or a place of liberation and growth, of tension or of peace? It depends, I suppose, on whether or not we believe we are ever truly alone, whether we believe freedom is the ability to do anything we want or liberation from all that holds us back from being our true selves, beloved and died for by a gracious living God. Fun fact, in Greek, the language of the New Testament, the Greek word cardia, from which we get the word cardiology or cardio, refers to the human heart. It also means inner self, mind, character. We have a life that is within. All of us have mountaintops and valleys in our lives. Both are places of encounter and vision. The mountaintops of life allow us to see the big picture, but if you go high enough, nothing grows there and you can't stay long. The valleys are where the soil is fertile, where change takes place and growth. We are sometimes with people and sometimes we are isolated from them, but both are circumstances where we encounter God. This time, now, is an opportunity to focus on our inner lives, to decide who we are apart from the expectations of those around us, to remove those layers of social expressions and indoctrination around us and open ourselves to the freedom of living as God made us to be. We all have times when we feel like an extrovert and other times when we feel like an introvert. We mostly live from the outside in. We live as we are expected to live. We believe as the world leads us to believe. Now is a time that we may live from the inside out to allow the presence of God within us to shape who we are for the world. The key is living in a relationship with a living God. How do we have such a relationship? We humbly ask and open our hearts to receive it. How do we restore or grow in that relationship? We humbly ask and open our hearts to receive it. We keep the relationship alive by communication, prayer, Bible reading, and acts of mercy and justice, God's mercy and God's justice. Not what we do because that's the way we've been taught, or that's what our, our political party says, or that's what's popular. Those are external things. What God sees matters. The heart, the inner life, not what the world sees. In Matthew chapter 23, starting at verse 25, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside may also become clean. It's when we open our heart to allow God to work on our interior lives that the way we are seen by others changes. We move from ritual to relationship, and it becomes visible. Sometimes you hear people say, I don't need to go to church. I feel closer to God in nature, or on the golf course, or at the beach. 
I almost universally hear that from people who have experienced church worship as a ritual, not a relationship. Christians feel close to God in those places, too. But that's a feeling, not worship. Christian worship begins with a living relationship with God shared with others in a Christian community. Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. Two or three is a community. It's people in relationship. My work gloves change to fit my hands as they work against things on the outside. This is how God shapes us, from within. The Bible, prayer, expressions of faith, acts of mercy and justice, that is, doing God's will, change us. How? Paul Yonggi Cho, the pastor of the world's largest church in South Korea, was once asked by a visitor why he thought he had been so successful. He said that he rose early in the morning and prayed for several hours. Several hours, the visitor exclaimed. I couldn't think of enough things to say for several hours. Neither can I, said Pastor Cho. That's the point. Listening, pondering or meditating in God's presence, Bible study, acts of mercy and justice in the name of God, shape us because they all depend upon God. They are all the acts of God coming from the inside out. Many of us have time during the isolation phase of this pandemic to be apart with God. But a singular focus wherever we are is also time to be with God. Vocation, living God's call for us, is also a time to be with God. Doing God's will for the sake of others is also being with God. Being with God is what gives life, opening our hearts, because it is God's action. Cut a flower from the plant, it looks good for a while. It can be preserved in a way that makes it look good for a while longer, but it's dead. We can make an artificial flower look good even longer, but we can't make it live. God can make us live again. God reconnects us to the source of life, the living water that is God, that shapes our hearts, even stone-cold ones, by God's unrelenting grace, if only we allow God to shape us from the inside out. Life inside is, in a sense, the only life there is. It shapes us for the outside life, the life of action. That's the order of things. To first be sure we are acting from within, that is, in accordance with the will of God, the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and not our own or others' expectations, and then to act. At the climax of the play, Murder in the Cathedral, T.S. Eliot writes, The last act is the greatest treason, to do the right deed for the wrong reason. Doing good that is good by our own definition and for our own glory is not a source of life, but death. We are made for relationship with God that is expressed in our relationship with one another. It's life because it comes from the source of life. This is a time to focus on our primary relationship and allow that relationship to produce the acts of character, mercy, and justice that are its natural expression. This is the first time I can think of that we are told that the best thing we can do for one another is to stay home. And yet, we can still find ways to help and care for each other by acting in accord with the transformative presence of God within us. That's life inside. Living water powers a water wheel that turns the grinding wheel that makes flour for bread. Let God use your life inside 
to form your inner self, to feed your living relationship with the living God. Let God use your life inside to shape you into someone in whom God dwells, someone God can use. Be filled with the streams of living water that are God's self, the personal presence of the living God, and live. Today, let's remember to pray for those who are financially struggling, for the most vulnerable among us, and for those who feel insecurities of any kind. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com, and we'll send it to you. Put your prayer requests in the comment section, and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your hearts to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who alone gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church? Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend or family member. Google it. Do some research. Look around. Phone the pastor. When you have one, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available for you and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google your local hotline or the national ones. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in one. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, including those who sacrifice their security to provide for yours and for those you are sheltering with in isolation. That's it. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people in the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. Mm -hmm.